Hey everyone, and welcome back to the show. Jessica Stevens here, your host of I Just Blank Now What the Podcast. Here we are, friends. Final episode of season five, episode 125. Can you believe it? Oh my goodness, it still feels all like a whirlwind dream to me still. And at the same time, I've been doing this for five seasons now, two and a half years, that it feels like this, I can't even remember what life is like before the podcast, truly. It has become so ingrained into my daily life of producing the show, connecting with guests, listening to other amazing podcasts. I am definitely a podcast lifer, uh, and I'm so grateful to each and every one of you who have joined me along the journey for the past five seasons. So grateful for you. And to all of our new listeners, thank you so much for joining us on, on on the podcast. If you are a couple episodes in or you are brand spanking new, welcome. We cannot wait to have you be part of the pod squad and uh, join us for another amazing season real soon. But there's 125 episodes that you can go catch up on right now over the holidays. And then we will be out with season six in January, 2024. Okay. So today's final episode is a goodie. I know, I know, I know. I say that all the time, but this one truly is. And I love the fact that this conversation I had was with an awesome friend. So Tara Rhodes is a friend of mine who I met through networking and different channels, and we've stayed connected. And she's just an awesome human. And so I'm so grateful for her for coming on the show and sharing this story with us about ambition. And to be honest, it's not the episode that you think because you know when we hear the word ambition it's something that all of us potentially see as a really good thing like you need to be ambitious you need to like go for your goals and strive and achieve and like yeah that's totally true but what happens when your ambition maybe gets away from you and it starts becoming the driving force of all the things you do despite of the people and relationships that potentially could become collateral damage in that in that drive. So that's what Tara and I are going to be talking about today is how ambition showed up for her and her life in the not so amazing, wonderful way and what she needed to do to adjust and change how she approached being so ambitious and her drive so that people in her life were not collateral damage. So let's learn a little bit about Tara and then we're going to hear from her live. So as an award-winning trainer and facilitator and a certified leadership coach, Tara helps emerging leaders define a vision for their leadership so that the people they influence can do their best work. She has been lucky to work with entry-level to executive-level employees at various companies' stages and has come to understand that purpose-driven companies can only be successful when their people are confident to do the work required. Ultimately, she is dedicated to helping people gain clarity on the life they want to live and supporting them in developing healthy habits to make that happen. A wife and a mom to two lovely boys, she actively practices what she preaches to maintain a healthy balance and presence in her day-to-day life. And you can find more at tararhodes.ca. So without further ado, let's get to the now what. 
Have you ever had a situation happen in your life that you weren't expecting, good or bad, and said to yourself or out loud, oh my gosh, I just fill in the blank, now what? Me too, friend, me too. I've had quite a few actually, and in the moment, I never knew what I was gonna do next. Of course, I had to figure it out, sometimes the hard way, but I did figure it out. So join me and some amazing guests this season as we all share our own, I just blank, now what stories, so we can all learn from their transformational lessons to help us all answer that lifelong and often paralyzing question, now what? Hey friends, are you having a I just feel sluggish now what moment? Me too. And when I'm feeling a little low and need to pick me up, I turn to the Arbonne 30 Days to Healthy Living program to help me reset. It's not a diet, it's a lifestyle. The 30 Days to Healthy Living acts as a reset in establishing healthy habits so you can get more energy and feel fit with clean vegan nutrition. Arbonne's mission is to empower people to flourish with sustainable, healthy living. So the 30 Days to Healthy Living set and program are specifically designed to do just that. It helps you identify foods that might not be serving your body well, while you focus on adding nutrient-dense, plant-based whole foods into your daily routine, creating sustainable habits for a healthy lifestyle that lasts. So if you want to get started on your path to healthy living with our number one nutrition set featuring nine plant-powered products that make healthy living easy, head over to jessicastevenstoronto.arbon.com and click on the Healthy Living tab and check out the program. Join me each month as I help dozens of people feel fit and their best with this amazing program. It's definitely not a diet, it's a lifestyle. And if you want to live well and feel fit, join us on the next 30 Days to Healthy Living. So head over to jessicastevenstoronto.arbon.com, check out that Healthy Living tab, and let's help you go from feeling sluggish to feeling great. Hello, my beautiful friend. Hey, Good so to see great you, girl. to see you. I know. Yeah. We have lots to talk about today on this episode, um, so we're not going to chit-chat too much at the beginning. Obviously, I just read your amazing bio with everybody, so they know a little bit about what you do. Mm-hmm. always love to ask this question of guests off the top of, what do you want people to actually know about you? <laughs> what I want people to actually know is that I absolutely love to learn And I am constantly like, what is the next podcast? What is the next book? What is the next thing? Which can come across as intimidating. So I don't want people to think that I just, I know all the things. Because I think when people come to coaches, they're like, help me with all the things. Tell me what to do, which is not coaching for the record. But it's like, it can sometimes feel a little intimidating, I think, for people that, oh, wow, she knows a lot about this stuff. But I don't. I'm learning along with the rest of you, trying to apply mm-hmm. it to my life and be a better parent and be a better wife and be a better, you know, just colleague and friend. So yeah, we're all learning. I think that's the thing. I'm not scary. I promise. I love that. <laughs> and and yeah, you're right. Like it is, there is a lot of consumption of information. Yeah. But you said something really key, key there was, and then you apply it to your life. Yeah. Right? That's the hard like, part. There, I, I was reading a book. I was, I was reading a book, and there was something that she said in it about 
constantly doing another course, reading another book, whatever. Mm -hmm. And it became to be like intellectual entertainment, I think is the term that she used because it was just like, I'm going to consume all of this as like my version of watching TV shows or whatever, but I'm then not going to do anything with it. So it became intellectual entertainment. I think is the, I think it was, don't quote me on that one. There is science behind it. I don't know where and quote it, but I've read it before where basically you feel like you're doing something. So if I watch a TED talk, I'm like, oh, I'm smarter. Yeah, it's great. But you actually haven't done anything. So it kind of tricks your mind into thinking you've actually done the thing that you're supposed to get help with. Yeah, then you need to apply. You need to do something with it. Exactly. Um, All right. So today we are talking about the theme of ambition. Yeah. That How? word is so gross to me right now. Really? Is it a little yeah, bit Yeah, about- now it's like, I don't, I don't identify with that word anymore, but 20 years but, ago. But you did. And I did for sure. Yeah. And I think that is, you're right. You're right. It is definitely a polarizing term because A, on one side, people are like, oh, you know, they're so ambitious and like they're, they're doing things with their life. And so it comes off as, as a positive, mm-hmm. but there is like a negative edge to ambition for some, especially when ambition has been the cause of potentially a breakdown in our relationship or somebody's focus is always on the work, always on the striving, always whatever, and neglecting mm-hmm the other areas of someone's life. And so just like everything else, it's all about balance, right? Mm -hmm. And too much of anything, too much, like having ambition is important, but having too much ambition could potentially be harmful. So that's the theme we're talking about today. Um, And clearly you have a story about (laughs) ambition from way back. So let's let's rewind the tape. Let's go 20 years in in the past. And you tell us what your experience with ambition is. So I was very lucky to have a very hardworking mother, like both of my parents, yes, had both parents. So don't want to discount my father at all. But my mom was just a very hard worker. And as the primary breadwinner, like that's what I saw in my household. Mm -hmm. So she can handle it all. She's got you know, two kids, it's she's still doing all the things, and has a really great social life. And it's all like really great, right. Mm -hmm. And so that was my role model at at that age. Mm -hmm. And then I was able to go to an all girls high school, which everything was emphasized, like, you're great, you can do all the things. And so I left high school, being like, I can do Anything. anything move out of the way like that, that was that was basically my foundation for everything from there and so I think what happened for me is I didn't have like a I want to be a doctor like it was never I have this goal that I'm trying to reach I just knew that I was going to be successful in whatever I chose to do mm-hmm. and it got so So like this identity that I just held on to, like, if you don't see how great I am, like, go away. Like, I don't need 
your energy around this greatness kind of idea. And although that's really like it helped me get through school, it it's actually part of why I'm so successful in the things that I do, that type mm -hmm. of energy. I would say now looking back, it's like the thing that got in the way of relationships for me, not being able to at that age and like the early parts of my career, I would say build really deep relationships because it was just like, how, like, how are you going to help me? And not transactional. Like, I don't want it to sound like do this for me and then that's it. Yeah. But it was definitely like, I have things to do. Are you going to help me or not? Like, are you going to help? Are you, are you on board that? with this project, Tara, yeah. the stars? And if you're not, you're out. <laughs> yeah. And like, I are you dead weight? Yeah, pretty much. Out of, out of, out, out. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't have any space for like, why aren't they producing at the same level that I can? It did not compute to me. I was like, why are you living your life like that? That makes no sense. Like, why would you do that? So it definitely became like a complex, I think, of although it was helping me really succeed and be successful at all the things that I wanted to do, I would look down on people like it, like, I don't think that came across in terms of how I would act, but I'm sure it does. Energy is energy, right? So, <laughs> so that's definitely the parts that it started to get a little messy, but I never, I was like, you're just dead weight. Like I never looked at it as I was the problem. It was always, they're the problem. They're not working yeah. hard. <laughs> yeah. They're not, they're not keeping pace with me. They're not doing all the things that I'm doing. So yeah, so you were a bit of a judgy McJudgerson. Yeah. And being like, hey, if you do not meet this standard and you were just seeking out other people who were doing what you were doing at the pace you were doing, doing it. Yeah. So on one hand, not a bad thing because we tell people now, like, you are the average of the five people you spend your time with. And if you want to level up, then you got to kind of start hanging out with more people with the same ambition as you do to help you all drive each other forward on one hand, but on the other, we also say love people where they're at yeah, and <laughs> accept people for who they are. And if they're not interested in doing those things, that's okay. Go find people you want to do with it, but you're not supposed to sh shit on them. Exactly. exactly. And that's where I guess the disconnect for you was, was yeah. My a former boss of mine, she used to call it edges. It's like the dark side of the good things because it oh things can go wrong or bad anytime you take it too far. And that's the impact. I I don't think I had the positive impact at all times. Like I know I did a good job and all of that, but it's like I don't think I had the positive impact on all people at all times. Like it, you did in your head. Yeah, but I don't even know if I was thinking about impact then. Like, it wasn't about climbing the corporate ladder or anything like that. It was just, I have a job to do. This is what I'm being paid for. These are the things that I need to do. And I want to help people. Like, there's still that kind of thing. I want them to have a good experience. I want that. And so what I've learned later is that I'm very task-oriented. Like, that is where I sit. And I will get the job done no matter who's in the way, no matter what is in the way, like, I will get it done, which is why, like, my reputation and work is she will get it done. Like, I am reliable. Yeah. That That's my reputation is like, oh, problem here, give it to her, she'll go figure it out. Yeah. And I, I was also a, very much a doer. Like, 
put put something on my desk. You need this done. I will find a way. And mm-hmm. I had the figure outable attitude too, which is great. But sometimes in your pursuit of figuring out, you do stumble on a few people. Yeah, absolutely. All the people. <laughs> All the people. Get out of the way. She's coming through. Right. Okay. So at what point was this brought into your awareness and by whom? I just remember like seeds. I don't think anyone ever really just confronted me with that. There was no like intervention. No, there's no intervention. (laughs) But I remember there was one time where I was just so like digging my heels in. Like I remember just being like, I'm right. Like, just listen to me. I'm right. Right. (laughs) And I was 100% wrong. Just 100% wrong. And it was just kind of those types of things where it would be like, oh, like you don't know as much as you think you do. And then like uh, throughout my career, I think the biggest thing that really was like a mirror was I got laid off or like I say laid off, but really I was let go like in a non-ceremonious way from a job that we weren't driving. So it actually ended up being the best thing in my life. But at the time, it was just kind of like, oh, like your personality might be a challenge here. Like you might own part of this. It's not just about them. And then I went to coaching training and hello mirror, like if you're going to face all your stuff, that's where you will face it all. And I remember just that training was really uncomfortable and wonderful in all the good ways, but like really realizing that I was doing what I thought I had to do to be successful, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't actually the impact that I wanted to have. Like I have a greater good perspective on the world and that is something that I strive to do but it was it was lost it was like in the murk of being successful and making money and having an apartment and having all the fun and going traveling it's like I don't want to have positive impact like that doesn't help me do all the things over here yeah it was lost when you... in the debris of like yeah. you like plowing through yeah and I wanted to like when I started to un- unpeel all those layers and and realize like, if you want to be a good coach, you've got to do your work. Like that is the contract. Mm-hmm. And so starting working with a coach, realizing all of these things, it's like, oh, like that is not good. Like I did a lot of good, but I also did a lot of hurt. Like I, I made a lot of hurt at the same yeah. time. So yeah, that was probably the biggest, like it all kind of came to a head when I started my coaching training. And that was 11 years ago. Obviously in your like school career and then early in your professional corporate career, you kind of said like, oh, there were these little seeds. Like there mm-hmm. were these little like things. Did you acknowledge them at the time and dismiss them or or were you did or did you not see them? And it's only in past like re- rear view no, reflection. I think, was, I think it was more about shame. Like that example I used where I was like 100% wrong. Mm-hmm. It's like, I could not say I was wrong. Like, oh. I did not. You couldn't I was like, own oh, okay. It. I was like, oh, okay, fine. We're going that way. And then <laughs> just like completely ignore it from the, they know that I'm wrong. We all know that I'm wrong, but I would not say that I was wrong, you know? And so, but 
obviously it stayed with me. Like that was a really long time ago. So it was definitely like more of an internal shame around what is happening. That wasn't cool. You feel kind of gross right now. Like that's Mm. not cool. Right. And then just losing relationships on the way, some of them in not great ways, you know, not amicable or just the fact that you've grown apart in different stages, like Mm -hmm. really kind of messy endings to relationships. And realizing that's you, like, it's not them, although they're contributing. For sure. But it's mostly you. <laughs> a, a while back, one of my episodes that aired, which was, which was, was my stories was, I just learned a hard lesson. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that was a big part of what I was sharing is like, the hard lesson you learn, and the cost are in these like various categories, but relationships is one of the biggest categories of where you learn really hard lessons. So I'm going to guess that this was a really hard lesson that you needed to learn. Yeah, it was really messy and uncomfortable. And I was very angry for a really long time Mm -hmm. about it. And now it's like, I can look back and just be like, oh man, not cool always blessings in the things that happen so I don't regret any of it but Mm -hmm. it's still just like that wasn't cool like you should not have done that and again now it's not from a a shame place it's not when I say you should not it's really Mm -hmm. like don't be an asshole sorry don't be that person it's gross people always remember how you made them feel always very very true very very true so Knowing that that was where you came from and what the energy you did not want to carry forward into this new coaching career of yours, I'm guessing that you were very mindful of it and very aware. Did it start kind of messing with your instincts? Like, did you have, did you start, start second guessing yourself and what you did and what you said around people? As mm-hmm. you started becoming more aware of, hey, I, d- I don't want to be that gross person and I don't want my ambition to be tra- trampling over people. You know what? I don't think I started there. Like it was more about excavating all my stuff. So mm-hmm. it wasn't, again, I don't think I was thinking about impact that much. It was just, I have a lot of, I mean, we all do, but saboteur voices of, you can do better. Why are you doing that? You should be whatever you are, like, you know, those kinds of voices and really just getting to the bottom of like, why that happens, what is getting in the way. And realizing like, one of the things that was really powerful in my coaching training was just, again, like the shadow side. So I'm, I'm now and I realized at the time, it was like, I don't want I can't stand people who are inconsiderate. Like I can't like people who don't move their bag on the bus people like it just when you're in line at a coffee shop and people have no spatial awareness, like I'm like, what are you doing? Right. And so that's something that is really important to me when you are noticing what's going on around you. Yeah. The other side of that is that I was afraid I was being inconsiderate as well. Like that's my biggest fear is I'm going to turn into some Mm -hmm. person who's going to be like that. And that's something that I had to wrestle with. Like, it's just the thing that you fear you will turn into is kind of like what you're doing. 
and who you're attracting into your life. Too, yeah. Right? Yes. I, I, I love shadow work because it forces you to really take you in as a whole, right. And stop separating the good parts of you and the bad parts of you. So yeah. um, I'm assuming the answer is yes, but you read dark side of the light chasers. No, I haven't. I haven't read that book. Oh, so adding it to my learning list. Dark Side of the Lice Chasers. That book is all about the shadow, all yeah. about owning those darker parts of you, because that's when you're you're full and you're and you have your access to all of your emotions and all of your things mm-hmm. um, so that they don't control you. Don't we all just want to live there? Right? Absolutely. Um, and sometimes it's 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 really helpful when you know, being bitchy, <laughs> like, oh, she's, she's such a bitch, right? But like, sometimes there's moments in which your bitchiness is really beneficial and helpful. Like, hey, this summer, yeah. I had to be a real biatch with my contractor to get some things done, right? Yeah. So it it helps you in certain moments and scenarios. Not all, like, we're not saying go around and be bitchy to everybody. But mm-hmm. in certain moments, that aspect of you is actually helping you. Yeah. And it's, you being ambitious and driving, helping you. But I think what's interesting about all of that is like ambition, why I feel it's so gross sometimes is because of that like bulldozing attitude. Like I yeah. now much more identify with the word driven than ambitious. You really just want to be what you see. And what have we seen is heavy masculine energy that's capitalism. Like mm-hmm. none of none of this should be surprising, right? Like I was trying to succeed in the system that we currently have, right? And so of course I'm gonna show up that way. <laughs> but in a right? body, in a body right? that others were not normally used to seeing that level of ambition in. So there was a disconnect for sure. Exactly. And now I can do it in a way that's way more aligned with what I want, who I am, more values driven. So things that I work with with my clients, it's like, what do you actually want? And how do you want to go about it? Right. And so I filter a lot more through my values than I do my goals. Okay, so that was the that was the big shift for you, instead of being a goal task oriented means by achieved by any means you shifted gears, put it in this new filter of a little bit, that was a little bit softer, <laughs> a little bit more people. Yeah. But the thing is, it's, I don't know if it's softer, like, I'm still pretty like, let's get stuff done. Oh, me too. The thing is, is that I manage it better. And I think that's the thing that a lot of people don't understand about authenticity. Mm-hmm. So we use this word a lot. How do I show up fully? What does that look like at work? What does that look like at home? Da, da, da. And that's all great. But if your authenticity, I use that word very loosely, <laughs> air quotes, is, air quotes. is impacting other people in a negative way, you have to start looking at whether or not that's authentic at all. We could go like way deep into that. But basically, here's what I learned about myself because I've taken, you know, I've coached a lot. I've read a lot. I've made, I've done a lot of personality tests, which I highly recommend, by the way, just because they're really intriguing to what do you resonate with? Not to put you in a box. The thing is, 
if I take, you know, 16personalities.com and I go and I end up being an ENTJ and it's really, really great. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm extroverted. Now I put myself in a box of what I think extroversion should be. So extroverts do this and extroverts do that. And, you know, that kind of thing. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Oh, they told me I'm this. So I'm going to show up and act that way. Right. But actually, I love hanging with myself and I use it to recharge. So I've got some introverted tendencies as well. So it's not just that. When I took this one test where it really highlighted you are task oriented. You like people a lot, but not as much as you like tasks. (laughs) What it means is that I can be authentic in both. Like I actually do care about the people I work with. I love building teams, all of that wonderful stuff. But I have to remember that I am going to put the task over people every single time. So what am I going to do to make sure that that doesn't happen? And I think so many people don't, they're just like, that's how I am. No, no. Okay. So for a task oriented (laughs) person on the other side of the screen, (laughs) what do you do to mitigate that? Yeah. So few things. One is I think about how I want to show up. Mm -hmm. So it's like, really, how do I want to impact these people today? What does that look like? And then I set intentions for the meeting that I'm about to have, the, you know, the relationship that I have, like all of those types of things that goes first. And I give people permission to give me feedback. So it's like, this is how I want to show up. If I am not, I want you to tell me, like, I tell people the specific thing that I want them to tell me. Right. Because it's really hard with a personality like mine to give me feedback in the moment when I am not caring about your feelings like that is hard. So I have to preempt everything and I have to say, this is my tendency. This is what I will do. You will see it show up X, Y, Z ways. I would really appreciate it if you can give me a heads up that I'm impacting you in a negative way. And I will stop. Right. But like to even say that, like that's super vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So I've had to do a lot of work of get over yourself. You know this about yourself. Give people the opportunity to tell you when you are not having the impact that you want to have. So I definitely start with impact that I want to have. Go to what's the intention for my time here and what do I want to get out of this and and for the people there. Mm -hmm. And then give people permission to tell me when I am being not nice. And you and this you play this out in your both your professional as well as personal mm-hmm. spaces. Yeah. Oh my gosh. My poor husband. <laughs> I was I was thinking of that. I'm like, how often my kids. Yeah. Did you have this conversation with your husband and he's coming at you being like, Tara? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's worse with my kids. Like mm-hmm. the thing with kids, at least my kids, is they have no concept of time. One of my activators is time. So if I'm going to be late, this shows up in like a hundred. I've gone from zero to a hundred. If I'm going to be late, I do not like being late. And so this is a conversation that I have to have with my kids on a regular basis about this is what happens when, you know, we have to get to school and all of those types of things. So what are the things that we can do together to make sure that we can get out of here on time? So I know Um, that it's going to (laughs) happen and that's okay. Like, I think, you know, we're not going to get it right all the time, 
I obviously yell at my kids. Like I yell at my kids. It's not something I'm proud of, but it happens. Mm -hmm. And I have to apologize. Like I, I do apologize. And I have conversations with my kids about like, this is what happened. And I am sorry. How do we work together to minimize these things happening? you know, yeah. and, and really have those conversations. So I don't want that to come across like I've had it all figured out. I do not. But I know my activators now I know when I need to plan for what's going to happen when this happens. What are some okay, so time is one of your <laughs> activators. What are some of your others? Let's see how how similar you and I are. Yeah. <laughs> so I will take on the task. Like dishes is an easy one, for example. Mm-hmm. I like to go to bed with the dishes done. That is a thing that I will do at one o'clock in the morning if the dish, the sink is still full. And so I get very like, why didn't you just do the dishes? Like I get very like, you should have thought of me and how come you didn't think of me? And now I'm alone and I have to do all the things. Like it's very martyrish. And so I have to ask, I will not ask. Like I've had to learn to ask for help when I know that I'm going to start getting into the spiral of like, nobody cares about me. I'm alone. I have to do everything. Why don't I have a partner that's supportive? Of course he's supportive. That's like ridiculous. He's amazing. But that's what happens to me when I get into that. And so it's like, you know, we have to have conversations. We have weekly marriage meetings where we talk about like, this is what happened this week. This is what I need help with. So yeah, asking for help is a big one. Time is a big one. And also just like, I find this with more of my extended people. It's like canceling meetings or like canceling something that we agreed to. Once it's in my calendar, it is pretty solid. So when people do that, it's like, oh, you don't care about me as a friend. Why did you do that? And so, yeah, like I have to kind of really share with people how much I care. And it's like, this really matters to me. Yeah. I want to see you. People who cancel meetings like well ahead of time and like, hey, there's a thing, whatever, we're rescheduling. I'm okay. Yeah. Or an emergency. Or emergency, like legit, like totally. But it's like 30 minutes before the meeting's supposed to start and you're like, whoopsies, like blah, blah, blah. blah." And, And it's like the multiple times that the meeting has now been moved. I'm like, you do not respect me and you do not respect my time. This is driving me crazy. Yeah. So I'm with you on cancellations too. Yeah. Full task mode. I'm like, I got. Oh yeah. Which makes it really, really challenging for me to have to reschedule or cancel. Like uh, the, the load of like, oh my God, like I feel awful and I feel all those things because I'm like, I hate being canceled on. And so I do my very, very, very best never to cancel Mm -hmm. on other people to the point where like sometimes I don't cancel even if I'm literally like I'm dying but I'm keeping this meeting right yeah yeah, that's another one that you and I have in common dishes I can go to bed with a few things in the sink like that's not my my jam my husband absolutely like that kitchen needs to be spotless um, before his head hits the pillow so but yeah I I get that and I think the vulnerability part of it too is huge like exposing exposing yourself like you, you just put your belly forward also helps, right? So not even the, the fact that you called out your own green monster is also very empowering too, because I don't know about you, but for me, it's being found out 
that this is who I am that I've been trying to like tuck away yeah, and not have, you know, like bitchy Jessica come full force. So if I'm the one who calls it out, just like you call it out, then like, this is my tendency. I can, I can go into full bitch mode when these kinds of things happen. It takes it, it makes it a little bit easier because they're not calling you out. You're calling yourself out. Yeah. And you're owning it. Yeah. And I think that phrase, because that was running through my mind too, owning it. It's owning it, but also being responsible for it. Because mm-hmm. I think so many people own it and just hurt all the people or do yeah. whatever it is, you know, without caring about other people. And it's like, you can own it. I own that this is me, but I'm also responsible for the impact that it has. And you need to have both. Like, it can't just be, I am this person. Like, we can all change. It's been proven. Brains are plastic throughout our lives. Like, <laughs> malleable. You can learn different things. I mean, our neural pathways are deep. So it takes a lot of intention to change at like, I'm in my forties. Like it takes mm-hmm. a lot of intention to change because we've been doing this for a really long time. Muscle memory, is, muscle memory is real. It's really possible to change. So it just takes a lot of intention and a lot of how are you going to set up the systems to make sure that you are doing the things that you need to do to be better. You mentioned that you, you much prefer the word driven now than ambition. Yeah. Was that simply because you just needed a word change because the word ambition such is packed with such memory for you of who you were when you were ambitious? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I would put that on a bio per se, like Tara is a very driven person or anything like that. But it just helps me with owning you still have a lot you want to do. Mm-hmm. You still have big dreams, projects that you want to achieve, all of those wonderful things. But you want to do it in a way that brings people along. Because I want to impact the world in a positive way. Like this career change that I made 11 years ago, like that was part of it. It's just. I know that I have something to give. We all have something to give. And so I want to do it in a way that allows people to be a part of it and help them find their thing and help them go and do awesome things. And so you can't do that by negatively, like by hurting people, like you, you just can't. Mm -hmm. And so I think driven helps me understand that that is a part of who I am. It's part of my story. It's a part of what has made me successful. Um, It's also what allows me to dream big. um, But without the collateral damage. What would you share for anyone who's listening who has somebody in their life who is overly ambitious, what (laughs) tips do you have for them to maybe have that conversation with somebody in their life? The first thing that comes to mind is whatever you've seen on TV, don't do it like that. Like don't picture intervention and think that you're going to like sit down and and make them not ambitious. Like don't do that. (laughs) But I just get curious. So, you know, I'm late and I'm yelling at my kids. For my husband to say, what about being on time is important to you? Like, that is a really great question. Not why do you need to be on time? That is a very judgmental question. But 
any question with what is generally like an open-ended curious question. So it's like, what about that is important to you? And you can start to understand where they're coming from, right? Because it's it's not from a bad place. Like most of the time it really isn't. Like mm -hmm. they're just, you know, acting on what they know, right? And so um, starting to ask questions instead of coming with, okay, so you're ambitious and we need to talk about that. Like I'm already defensive. I'm already defensive because yeah. you're and challenging the, who I am. And then the shame bell yeah. starts to ring. But if you start to ask questions, it's like I've noticed that whenever we're starting to be late, this happens to you. And I'm curious what's happening. Then they get to explain and you get to understand. And then you can have more of a conversation about that. Like, I mean, there's whole models around how to give feedback and all of that kind of stuff. But basically, you want to stick to the facts. And you want to say, I see when we are late, you start to yell at your kid, our kids. That's impacting me in a negative way, because I, I really just want to shield them from you. That's all true. What can we do about it? I'd be way more receptive to that, because you're not saying you're a bad mother. You're not saying you know, you're just a monster every time you do that. Like, you're just saying, I see you do this. This is what happens. It impacts me in this way. What can we do about it? And open the floor. Now, notice, though, you have to be in a really good mindset when you're about to give feedback like that. So don't bring your judgy McJudgerson yeah. to the conversation. And you, you need to be prepared for... They might not the, respond. Yeah. Like, what's the, what's the response to you sharing that? Yeah. Um, but if anyone wants to look it up, like just Google SBI model, situation behavior impact model, and anything you find will be really helpful for um, constructing the conversation you want to have. Awesome. Love it. Where can people find you? What What do you got go on? Like if people are like, ah, she's, she, I like her, her vibe. She's the kind of coach that I would want to work with. Mm -hmm. Where can people find you? Yeah. So my website is my name tararhodes.ca. That is where you can sign up for my newsletter. Every week I send some really great tips around this type of stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can also, I'm primarily on LinkedIn if you are there because I work with mid-career professionals. So that's generally where I hang out. So you can check me out on LinkedIn. Same name, Tara Rhodes. Love it. Okay, everybody. Did this episode resonate with you? It totally did with me. If it did, please give it a like, a share. Don't forget to subscribe. Or if you know somebody who this conversation could be very helpful for, please, 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 please share it with them because it help, may just help them figure out their very own now what. All right, that is it for us this week. And we will be back with another episode of I Just Blank Now What real soon. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it more than I can say. Did you love this episode of I Just Blank Now What? If you did, be sure to subscribe on your fave podcast platform. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. I do love reading them. And if you know somebody who's experiencing this story or something similar, please share this episode with them. It just might help them figure out the answers to their own now what questions. Have you recently had a now what moment and aren't sure what to do? Reach out to me at jessicastevens.ca and submit your story and I'll help you figure out what to do, how to move forward and help you answer now what. See you on the next episode.